Hello, beautiful alchemist. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda. And today we have a phenomenal guest, beautiful conversation to share with you. Our guest today is Zuri Adele. And Zuri is an actress. Some of you may be familiar with her. She is on Freeform's hit show called Good Trouble. And I started binging the show uh, once I I knew that I was going to interview her and it is a phenomenal show, but you'll hear more about that in the conversation. But Zuri is coming today to really give us a lot of beautiful information and a lot to consider and think about, which will hopefully start some very interesting and informative conversations in your own life. She's going to talk about her journey into wellness She also will share her experience of teaching acting at Oprah's Leadership Academy for Girls in South Africa. She's going to talk about the importance of representation within healing spaces. And again, we even talk some about her show because the character that she plays on that show is an activist and also um, has a lot of expressions within the realm of spirituality and wellness. So there's just so much that you'll learn from Zuri today. And I'm very thankful for the conversation we had. But one of the most beautiful gifts of what she shares is really pointing to how we all, in her hope, will learn to live fully in our truest authentic expression so that we may live fully expressed in our lives. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Um, I just want to give you a little more background about her. You know, after embarking upon her yoga practice, Zuri became a certified yoga teacher. And she pioneered something called Be Accessible, which is a scholarship at Moda Yoga International, with the intention of making wellness more accessible to people of acknowledged African descent. She has been practicing meditation since early childhood and journaling since childhood, which you'll hear more about. And she's also starting to expand her horizons into learning about crystals and tarot and astrology. The crystal healing and sound baths have a sacred place in both her home and workspaces and are part of her grounding practice. So with collective liberation at the forefront of her passion, Zuri is best known for her portrayal of series regular Malika on the multi-award nominated freedom series, Good Trouble. And her character Malika is a millennial activist and former foster child living in a communal space in downtown LA with her chosen family while balancing her personal life with her abolition practice. Now, again, this show is really, really interesting. Um, You learn so much through the diversity of characters and their different life experiences. I will put the link to all of that below. So if you want to learn more about Zuri and her work, her activism, and what she is doing to make sure that wellness is more accessible, please visit her on Instagram. Go over there, follow her. Her Instagram is at Zuri Adele. And you can also go to her website, which is zuriadel.com. And I hope you really enjoy this conversation, beautiful alchemist. I will see you on the other side.
everyone. We are here today on Reiki Radio with the beautiful Zuri Adele. And I can't tell you how excited I am for this conversation because I have so many questions for you. So I want to say, first of all, just thank you for taking the time today. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I yes. thank you for taking the time, making the time. I'm really excited to see how just being present takes us on the journey through this conversation. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, because there's so many things that we can discuss, especially with your interest and um yeah, but I do want to make sure we talk a bit about personal boundaries and collective liberation. But mm. one of the things I wanted to ask you about first was just the journey um with you and how you grew up. So I know I read a little bit that, you know, spirituality was a big part and infused in how you grew up anyway, but then you had this very spiritual kind of transformational experience in studying theater. So could you share a little bit about what the beginnings of this was for you? Yeah, so I grew up between Brooklyn and the Bay Area, which are two just really, you know, eclectic, multicultural, expressive places. And my dad lived in Brooklyn. My mom lived in the Bay. She worked at Stanford in Palo Alto. So I grew up, you know, throughout most of the school year going to school in Palo Alto. And then um, I would go like on my school breaks to Brooklyn. And I think the energy of that and like visiting my family on the East, which is mostly on the East Coast um, and being in a family of writers, dancers, um, scholars, and just people who were passionate about making sure that we continue to share like our narrative from our perspective as people of African descent in whatever way we need to, whether it's through dance, through song, through poetry, um, my family is very expressive. And then growing up in really expressive, I would say, you know, liberal places um, really informed my, I think, need to like express myself, my need to um, like have an outlet in co- like in community, I don't know, an outlet and a sense of community and expression and like um, cele- sense of celebration, grief, all these things like through my voice and body and like feel that wherever I went as I was traveling back and forth between households. And I think that somehow that informed my pursuit of theater because in theater classes, I feel like part of a community. Um, like we're doing these games together, we're expressing ourselves together, we're like exploring modes of communication and celebration and like performance, we're tapping into different perspectives of life and getting to like be in these imaginary worlds of different lives together. And it was like wherever I traveled, I could kind of find that in a theater space or in a dance and drum circle. Um, That was sort of my home, like my traveling little suitcase with me was the theater world and realm wherever I was um and so I think that was a part of it I don't I don't even yeah I think that was a huge part of it and continues to be like I love finding new ways to tell stories and tell the truth with a group of people you know it's really interesting hearing you say that because now I'm curious (laughs) of just in being an actor 
do you did that lend to this exploration of just yourself on deeper levels, especially when you get to play and explore um, the lens through different characters and, um, you know, maybe even situations that you hadn't experienced personally yet, just diving into, I guess, the different facets of human experience, but doing it in a way like embodying it in a way, did that point to or lend to your self-exploration? Absolutely. I think that maybe it's probably also influenced by the fact that I'm an only child and didn't have like a peer the same age to maybe talk through some of that exploration with. So a lot of my exploration was either through journaling or um, performing with, uh, with peers. Like that was my time with my peers was in those performance spaces and worlds. And then through that, I did get so much because I was maybe like leaning into the life and perspective of a character different than myself, um, somebody who I was fascinated by and felt like I could transform into. It helped me have a mirror to myself without knowing it at the time, maybe without having the same language, but it helped me understand concepts about life that um, I was feeling and, and, and learning to put into words and questions that I had about what was happening in my childhood and why I was like traveling to different households and like why, like why things, why my household seemed different from other people's or, um, or it helped me learn about history in a way that felt exciting and learn about my identity and see other young black people in ways that were different from the ways that I live in living lives that felt different from the life I was living so I think all of those mirrors helped me learn more about myself and what I wanted and how I could express myself um and what I could explore and dream of in my life yeah it just expanded my world yeah that's amazing so I can relate I'm the only child too and I used to do the same journaling was like my expression exploration yeah how I would communicate. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I can completely relate with that. And what you just shared too makes me want to, um, I do want to make sure that we talk a little bit about um, your opportunity to teach acting to um, the girls in South Africa mm-hmm. at Oprah's Leadership Academy. Cause I imagine that had to be amazing, but I, I want to focus first on some more of you. And even I know that yoga became a really big part of your journey. So Mm -hmm. even with the acting, you have this whole other aspect of wellness that you completely dove into and is a big part of your life now. So how did you come on that path with yoga? And what do you feel that that has really opened up for you? It's so funny because I am, you couldn't have told me years ago that I would be into yoga. I was like, I don't really love, you know, people are like farting in class and um, it's hot in those rooms and I don't feel like hearing everybody breathe like that just years ago. But it was really through acting classes where we were needing to do sun salutations and various yoga movements in order to work on our uh, vocal work and warm ups. And it would help us have much more control of our breathing and uh, much more awareness of what was happening in our bodies. And so, and, and much more like 
flexibility, um, for movement, for performance, all of it. Like it just had so many benefits. And one of our teachers, she had us um, practicing yoga at the top of one of our performance classes um, called Breath, Voice and Movement. And yoga was, you know, the foundation of our performance work. And ever since then, I was like, oh, I need to continue this. Like, this is a secret weapon right here. I'm, <laughs> I could sing an, like, after I do a, you know, a yoga practice, I feel like I can sing an opera. My voice just drops. I can breathe so much. I have way less anxiety in my body. I'm very present. I've, you know, strategized in my mind and decluttered so that I can, um, you know, focus on the work ahead. And, and then I feel really confident and strong in my body. So I just continued from that acting class. I continued to take yoga classes in Atlanta. I went to Spelman. So I was in college in Atlanta at the time. I continued to like look for yoga classes um, and practice and continued, you know, to practice through my time when I moved to Los Angeles and I went to graduate school and it just became such a crucial component to my acting training and my in my acting career that I wanted to deepen my practice so much that I became, you know, that I went to a teacher training and I also loved it as a um, way to supplement my income while I was pursuing, while I, you know, continued to pursue and was pursuing my career was really helpful. And it gave me like a really healthy place to work at a yoga studio and, and stay healthy and teach. And um, it was a good outlet for me to continue to use my voice and body. And it just, it just flowed in. It wasn't something yeah. I necessarily sought after. And it's something I'm so grateful for as a component to my life and, and work. It's so interesting here. You says because I also practiced um, yoga, did yoga teacher training. And when you're first explaining it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I mean, the direction of mind and the awareness of body. Um, I could see how that would be very beneficial for someone who's acting but then also thinking sure. of how that just opens us up but the voice part is what's oh, fascinating yeah. so I'm like god yeah I mean I guess it would make sense <laughs> that every aspect of our being opens up but I mm -hmm. never would have thought about voice being a part of that oh yeah but, it's such yeah. a great vocal warm-up it's so great for especially for speaking um you know, a lot of what I'm saying about voice is more so geared to speaking than it is to necessarily singing, though I assume yeah. it applies to both. And you just allow by practicing yoga or or a movement that allows you to be really aware of your breathing um, and, and mm. connect movement to the breath. Tai Chi, um, boxing, you know, various forms of martial arts, even walking, hiking, uh, it just it can give you the ability to speak really firmly and powerfully without pushing your voice too hard. And so when you, when filming like these 18 hour days of passionate crying, yelling or whispering or um, anything, just a, a spiral of emotional work, it is really important to be able to have a, a skill set that allows us to like preserve our voice as best as we can while having those long days and make sure we can do it again the next day. So without sh feeling strained or losing our voices. So yeah, yoga has been a secret weapon because I can tell the difference too in my voice when I haven't practiced in a while. Yeah, no, it mm -hmm. makes all the sense hearing you say it now and just thinking of how we feel embodied <clears throat> after that practice. 
But yeah. this is the thing, like you are so dynamic with your body of work and what it is your interests are that my mind is literally, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so many oh, things to thank ask you. you. Yeah, I'm, I just, it's fascinating. So with what you just said too, it makes me think of that emotional expression because a big part of our wellness and I think what a lot of us bump against or start to recognize when we start this process of self-connection, whether it's through yoga or whatever we do, we come into this deeper relationship with ourselves, right? But Mm -hmm. thinking from this lens of you doing acting, just like what you said, you're constantly emoting. Like, Mm -hmm. even if we call it acting, I imagine, Mm -hmm. I mean, it has to feel so real, like the, Mm -hmm. the range of emotions that you go through. Did that help you or in any way do you how does that come into relationship with your personal emotions like do you let those move just as freely because it's habitual in some way or did you have to learn to allow your personal self-expression to be as free as you're acting oh that's so good um, I am still learning my answer to this question through some trial and pivoting. Um, and what I'm learning is the more vulnerable I allow, vulnerable and honest I allow myself to be, the more present and vulnerable my characters can be. So I think, it, but it's like, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? But I do think that the more vulnerable I am in my personal life, vulnerable and contained though, like vulnerable and strategic about how and when to express my emotions. Um, But the more vulnerable I am personally, the more I can in my acting. But I, yeah, so... And I can tell, like, when I'm closed off as me, I'm blocked. Like, my characters are blocked and expressing themselves, too. And But I would say that I have to have boundaries in the sense that I cannot, I need to be really mindful about not bringing, like, my character's emotions, mm-hmm. um, like, I don't want to say I can't bring them home, but I need to be really mindful of, like, when they're with me. And give myself, like, really make sure I'm scheduling time to um, have, like, I really need time of solitude and introspection and, like, physical rest. So to make sure I really honor that need, um, because I can't bring it with me. I can't bring them with me around town. And then I, but I, I do think that I can bring my personal Zuri ones with me into my characters. Um, I just have to be aware that they're there so that I can use them um, sustainably. Right. No, that makes sense. And so now this gives me a good lead in to ask you about this part too, because <laughs> I have gotten very familiar with one of your characters recently. I told <laughs> you, um, I binged on, so just for everyone listening, if you've ever heard of the show, Good Trouble, which I recommend, yeah. um, Honey, I I have been binging and I'm all the way in, but I feel like your character Malika is now like one of my best friends. Um, yes, but that character, I mean, she is exploring so much. She has so much passion. She's an activist. She's exploring her sexuality and relationship. I mean, the, just the layers within that show and all the characters alone, I, I, it's unbelievable. But with 
the character that you play, Malika, I was very curious about what the relationship is between the character and who you are, because there seems to be a lot of mm -hmm. parallels. And especially mm -hmm. I was curious about the activism piece. Um, your That character, just so you know, is very inspiring in so many ways. We'd have to talk about that in a whole other show. <laughs> but <laughs> so she really is. To, like what you're saying, how much of you shows up in that character? And then do you even get inspired by that character and bring some of her into your life? Oh, I am so inspired by her and bring her into my life. And there is so much of me in Malika. And there's really a lot of my friends too. Like my, yeah, my friends, my, like my, especially like my college roommates and like my, all of my peers. It's just like a mix, my cousins and um yeah, Malika is such a mix of so many of my sister friends and me. So I like that because when there's something that I, when Malika reacts to something in a way that I don't, in a way that's different from how I react to something, but feels similar to, um, you know, something that, a way that a loved one of mine would, and usually it's a fellow Black woman. It always is when I, when it comes to Malika. Um, it feels, it helps me have, it, it just helps me have, Malika helps me have such a clearer understanding of the world and of myself and um, more compassion. And even when she like, there's something in her style that reminds me of someone I love that's different from my personal. I love that. I love how different she is from me. And I love how similar we are. I would say she's my soulmate, like her passion like she makes everything make sense in terms of the acting jobs that I did not book or thought I felt attached to. And um, that really made room for me to be able to experience this chapter of telling this story with these amazing people. Um, I'm so grateful. I Malika is really like a combo of all the things I'm so passionate about. And sometimes it freaks me out. And um <laughs> in a in a great way it just it, it yeah. just really confirms that like everything's in divine order but yeah she is she we're so similar and in, in the ways that we're different are the ways that I am inspired and get to learn so yeah um yeah like it's just it's just insane some ways I'm like are they like reading my diary or like <laughs> like some of the writers or um but even beforehand, I was like, wow, this, when I read it, I was like, I feel like this is, you know, me. I mean, she was so many people. There were so many amazing women um, in the room when, you know, back when we were auditioning in person pre-COVID, there were so many beautiful different versions of Malika in there. And um, I feel like all of those styles are still, you know, in her for sure. And yeah, to be so passionate about Black liberation and community and chosen family and um, yeah, she's and like exploring her queerness and she's, yeah, she feels a lot like me and to be so close, of course, in age and all of that experience. Yeah, yeah. I definitely, I mean, the the show as a whole covers such a range of topics. It's a um I think it definitely is 
a beautiful gift, I would say. Like I've told my friends about it since starting to watch it. I'm like, they explore every topic you could ever imagine, but you just resonate so much with all of the characters. But Malika, yes. yeah, definitely with her. And then reading about you, Zuri, as a person, I was like, there must be some parallels here. And she is, that character is such an activist. But I was reading as well how important it is for you to make wellness more accessible. So I was wondering about how that stirred up for you and what you started noticing on your journey. And I'm asking this because I've also um, spoken about this before from my lens of um, recognizing a need for a lot of these spiritual practices, um, different classes, all of the things needing to be more accessible to um, our communities. So could you talk a little bit about how that came even into your awareness of why this is a matter of importance and how you think we can all help make it more accessible? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I, while I was on my journey of practicing yoga first by way of find, like through the performance lens and as it became a routine for me and just helped me, it just helped me stay so well mentally and physically and emotionally, I would notice, you know, the impact it would have when I would practice often and the impact it would have when I didn't. And I also noticed that I felt like there were, there were gaps sometimes um, in terms of like how I think present I would be in my practice because sometimes I would feel like uh, mostly I was practicing in predominantly white spaces. So I would feel somewhat othered in the space um, because of my body. Like I was just overly aware of like how different my body was and my skin was and my hair, um, you know, in the locker room, like the needs that I had in the locker room that weren't always met um, in terms of the products or um, not relating always or loving the music use um, because at the spaces I was practicing and were mostly led by white teachers. And there were, there were definitely classes where I absolutely loved the music, but just finding where it was like few and far between. And even yeah. some of the like, idiomatic expressions used would sometimes not feel relatable culturally um, or sometimes feel like, yeah, would just feel not relatable and maybe borderline offensive. Not that anyone had that intention, but just, right. it, I never felt like, I never fully felt like my experience was considered. Um, and I felt distracted by how othered I felt. And I wanted, so I wanted to create more access. And I started to learn that you know, these teacher trainings were a huge financial investment and also cause and like we're also a huge time commitment. So you needed to take time away from work and also invest a lot of money in going. And um, that wasn't something that a lot of people of color had as much access to do. It, it still is not. And that I was learning that that was that that was a huge part like there wasn't a lack of people of color who wanted to teach um and the, all of the rules around who various gyms and studios can hire and what the credentials are um they just it, it started to become clear that the access was really limited to the people who um 
were able to to invest in their teacher trainings. And I wanted to make sure that like we have access to that marginalized people have access to the same quality of of training so that we can um, teach and lead at these, you know, incredible spaces. And that's what started that journey. I mean, it, yeah, that, that's, that's what started it. I wanted a different experience and that's how I am. Sometimes when I want a different experience, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it myself over time, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. <laughs> and figure out how can I, how can I create, like, what are some ripples I can make and started to brainstorm um, with friends and my community at the time on how to raise some money to, you know, send us to teacher training and to start a, we started a scholarship with Moto Yoga International. Um, and now they have a scholarship called the Be Accessible Scholarship um, wow. for a person of color to pursue their yoga teacher training um, during each of their trainings, which is incredible. And I was the first one to do that on the scholarship we created. And then, and now people can continue to do that. So my hope is to do more and more things like that, which will allow more access to various teacher trainings across the globe. Teacher, uh, yoga amazing. teacher trainings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, no, doula training. Oh, you want to do every, you know, yeah. all of it. Yeah, I, I, want, I want us to have the access that we need to have. I mean, and yeah, and I want us to be leading these teacher trainings too. Right. No, it's amazing that you're bringing this up. This came up on, um, a couple of episodes before, but in more recent times, it has become something I think that's being being more vocalized. And um, as you were saying it, I was thinking about not just the necessity for um, marginalized people, people of color, um, the stress, the level of stress and uh, need for these tools and access to um just learning how to be in our own wellness is so vital, mm. but I feel like it really has, you know, erupted on levels that I don't think a lot of people comprehend or understand in these last few years. I mean, it, it I remember um, at the height of when, you know, right before COVID and with Black Lives Matter, everything that was happening, I remember the stress of just going to Starbucks. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm just being a person of color in a room or an environment and not knowing who mm-hmm. hates you just because of your yeah. skin. I mean, it's stressful. Like just, mm-hmm. <laughs> just existing. Yeah. You know? Just, and yeah. A lot of the house. Yeah. Yeah. Consider that um, on top of, I think a lot of us as well, we grew up in a way of um, not knowing or not learning how to process our emotions and our feelings in very healthy ways. And I mentioned this before, but there was this book that I read years ago, um, this beautiful professor. um, She's a black professor, I believe in Boston. And her book was called the warmth of other sons. But in there, she spoke about how a lot of how we were raised was passed down from times of slavery. So the, the point is that there's a lot of repression that was, um, that was necessary for our survival in terms of processing emotion. So even so many generations out, a lot of us still weren't taught how to do these things, right? And so it all points to this huge um, need uh, for healing and yoga and these beautiful tools, like you mentioned, even the doula training is huge for our community, which we could go down a whole nother podcast Mm -hmm. for that. But you bringing up 
that there is a, even that you um, have participated in making sure a scholarship was available is just like, I can't tell you how heartwarming that is. And it's making me think of, um, just like you said, making everything within, within this realm more accessible, but how important mm -hmm. to your point um, that representation and diversity really matters. And I think a lot of people don't recognize that either. Like in mm -hmm. a healing space, you need to mm -hmm. feel safe. Exactly. Like of all spaces, that's like the safest space mm -hmm. you need to feel, you mm -hmm. know? Exactly. Yeah. Safe and seen. Right. Yeah. Safe yeah. and seen. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's it's very it's like anything outside, it's like counter to our healing and anyway. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So honey, thank you for the work that you're doing. <laughs> Likewise, Queen. Yeah, listen, hopefully it will inspire others listening to to, you know, take these considerations into mind and see again what we can all do to um make this better. So with that, you had a very unique opportunity as well to teach acting at Oprah's Leadership Academy for the girls in South Africa. How did that come about and what was that experience like? That was such an incredible experience. That was an experience that came through my education at Spelman. And it was um, it was like a summer internship offered through through Spelman. Um, Oprah was really passionate about wanting to have black college students come to the campus as her girls because she started um, with one one group at first, just one, you know, started with one group of girls um, who were in seventh grade. And as they got to 12th grade and they were getting ready to go to college, she wanted to bring some Black college students to the campus as mentors and teaching assistants. And um, I believe reached out to Spellman and I'm so honored that Spellman asked me to go and be a teaching assistant in the drama department there. And it was an incredible experience. I had also, I had just been studying abroad in London uh, my junior year and was getting ready to come back to, came back that Spellman contacted me and asked me to go to South Africa. So it turned into this like long eat, pray, love sort of year <laughs> in, in an incredible way that I didn't anticipate. And I, I almost didn't go because I was like, well, now I'm really eager to like get back to the U.S. and start to like audition and pursue my acting career. And one of my mentors, she was like, are you crazy? You need to go experience <laughs> life. And um, yeah, the, it was, she was absolutely right. And I, it changed my life. I learned so much from witnessing the sisterhood at that school. And um, it's a school from grades seven to 12. And these young women are truly changing the world. And it was amazing to learn more about South African theater and learn more about and practice more um, community ritual as an approach to theater and um, because in the South African culture, there's so much song and dance as ritual. Um, and it, yeah, it was incredible to be there and to just be also part of like the, like just, yeah, just to be part of the majority in a sense. I had spent a year um, 
as like one of the only black students in a predominantly white space during my time abroad in London, my training in London. And it was really beautiful to see all of this like black and brown sisterhood. And my experience in London was was beautiful in itself, but it was like really refreshing to see these young girls, um, all these black and brown girls speaking so many languages and dialects and like learning so much and um yeah their sisterhood was amazing and Oprah and Gail ended up being there for during the time that I was there and it was really beautiful to witness like just this this space of womanhood and um like motherhood sisterhood just it was just such such a sacred space of black woman excellence it was really great. Yeah. That is so many memories. It's incredible. Yeah. It's um, just amazing. Again, like hearing your story and all that you've been exposed to, but not only that you took it in so personally, but that you have this drive and determination to pay it forward and recognizing through your own experience, what is necessary and beneficial for the rest of us. So, I mean, that is such a beautiful thing, my love. And even hearing you say everything you've shared so far, it also makes me think of, um, I'm just curious if you're seeing that more characters are being written even that are uh, as diverse as like the cast of the show we mentioned, Good Trouble, because even in that casting and in the storytelling, it's amazing how much is represented, how much diversity um, how much diversity, not just in people, but also in experiences and lifestyles and points of view, all of these different things, which is so needed, especially mm-hmm. I think in entertainment now. But are you seeing more of that now? or And is that something also that you may look <clears throat> for um, when you're reading scripts? Hmm. I am seeing, I am seeing more. I wonder if it's because I'm looking for it more, but no, I think I I really am seeing more, um, more inclusion in terms of the casting amongst both television and film projects. And I see it more on my side when, um, when auditioning, like when, when being reached out yeah like when seeing the roles that I am offered to audition for I do see more of a reach that like oh I'm so great I'm so glad that this woman is seen like she could look like me um and I'm and I'm seeing that in the sense of like how people are expressing um gender identity um also seeing so so much casting like that feels diverse in terms of how, uh, in terms of disability and being able-bodied. And I'm loving that. I'm loving, I'm loving experiencing that on our show. Um, and I'm loving seeing that more and more. I think, you know, once we see and prove that something works like a, this is us or a Grey's Anatomy or, um, I do feel that people have been able to take more risks and then in terms of more inclusion. And then I'm also seeing us zoom into worlds more too, which I also love, like um, going into worlds where there is all of one community that we don't see often, like the Asian American experience um, in beef on Netflix or like, or uh, everything everywhere all at once or going, yeah, going deep into like, the black experience on something um 
the trans experience. Yeah, I want to see more and more and more and more. But I do see more. I I do see us making a gradual shift for sure to more inclusive casting. And I see a gradual, gradual, I want to see more, but I see a gradual shift in terms of the inclusion of who's behind the scenes, in terms yes. of who's directing and who's designing and um, who's producing. Um, I see it steadily happening and I'm excited for more. I'm, I do see progress in every way in front of and behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, it really does seem like it, I watched Beef as well. But as you're mentioning these different things, I'm just thinking of it's interesting the two uh, worlds that you're in, like this hand in the wellness sector, and then you're also in the entertainment. But it seems like there is more. Um, it's interesting, like this lens of healing, like emerging through entertainment and what it is that we're um, being more exposed to now in that arena because you see more stories more characters that are interested even in wellness or spirituality it's interesting that it's gone kind of um into the mainstream so to speak like even on mm. your show like on good trouble I was laughing when I saw in a good way you know like oh my god look at that like the party where you DJed and there was a Reiki person there and someone was oh yes travels yes yeah. And then in your um, one of the scenes, you were uh, facilitating a moon ceremony. Yeah. A moon ritual. Yeah. For everyone. And I'm like, it's it's so beautiful that these practices and even the idea of alternative healing and spirituality, but more so even the message of we have to reconnect to ourselves or reconnect to nature or go deeper into our healing. It is being written into what we're seeing. Yeah, like it I, it's like it's being expressed so many ways through whether it's scripted or even reality shows. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah, it's being it talked is. about a lot more. Yeah, yeah. what do you it think is. about that? That's interesting. Overall, I think it's great. I do, I do hear and understand that um, in some ways it it can feel trendy when the intention is capitalism. Um, overall though, I do think that like the most powerful, most sustainable, um, like since I I think like the most, the most powerful, like force of it is gonna, is gonna win. And I think it's good right now. It's just like throwing it all out there and it's like wellness, wellness, wellness. And then (laughs) we're going to see what sticks and, and, um, what will, I do know that like what will stick will be that where the intention is like collective yeah yeah well nothing else and so I'm okay with the trendy parts it's definitely bringing in the conversations which I think are so necessary if nothing else like even your show again if people watch it exactly um, it's starting the conversations yes it is going to start the conversations and so I'm curious about that as well I mean I understand, um, obvious, I mean, just like what you shared, there's so many obvious reasons of why um, there should be more of a push for, you know, spiritual practices and um, these different classes and everything being more accessible, but also wondering with the blend in with what you do, like, are you someone that you insert this into every area of life? Are you meditating while you're on set? Like, how does this help you in your every day? 
Oh, um, it helps me in the everyday just to like, because I, okay, I do meditate on set in the sense that like, I'll take a few seconds and I will close my eyes and take a few deep breaths or say a prayer. Like you, you could definitely see me having those moments. Um, but it's really to be like a walking, living meditation is my goal. And all of the, like, staying centered on wellness and wellness practices and keeping my cup full allows me to survive the ongoing panic attack that sometimes is just happening all day. And like, I mean, I think because inside my head, there is this drill sergeant that's like, let's go, we got to do this, we got to do that, like, this is the time. And, um, and then also on set, that is the experience often where, um, you know, time is limited, there's, you know, we're running out of sunlight here, and I'm getting a lot of notes from the director while also receiving feedback from my castmate who wants to change something the next take. And then the dialect coach is also coming in and giving me some guidance on going deeper. And uh, the somebody is coming in from wardrobe and is like fixing something on my shoe. And the mic, <laughs> the sound person is like, please don't lift your left elbow because you're going to show your mic pack. And there's like all this fast paced, like, no, all of this fast-paced feedback happening while also needing to stay really present and makeup is touching my face and <laughs> telling me about you know their cat at home and hair is doing my hair like there's just a lot of people touching and talking and and then within the matter of seconds it's time to go and do it again and because all of that is happening I think the constant practice of wellness helps me have this space where I can inhale and exhale and process all of that information really quickly without freaking out too much. <laughs> and um, yeah, so it just helps me have like a level center to come back to and kind of like visualize myself on that mat or visualize myself in that meditation so that I can take it in or know to know to like get quiet or to say, to have an awareness of what it is that I need um and to like balance yeah I think that all yeah I think all that all of those practices help me kind of practice some sort of internal martial arts throughout the day yeah yeah Yeah, no it's beautiful and I I asked you because I think it is such a beautiful reminder for us that you know, I remember I had a yoga teacher that would always say, don't leave it on the mat, you know, as if to say, mm. don't just leave your practice in the studio, make sure mm. you leave your practice out in the world. Yes. But about this too, because I know we're running out of time, but there's two things I want to make sure to ask you. One, um, listening to you again, it just makes me think of how we all have this opportunity to do that, like live in this expression of these practices. And that in of itself is our way of contributing to the collective, like how we are being, how we're treating each other, how we are acknowledging each other. Mm. Um, Like you said earlier, making sure that we all feel seen and safe. But I Mm -hmm. imagine there must be so much that people really get from the characters that you play. And so while you get to contribute to society as Zuri, you also have this interesting opportunity to like give back 
an expression mm -hmm. through your characters. So do you get a lot of um, feedback or do people reach out because of what they learned from your characters or perhaps how you may have inspired them from the roles that you play? And what is that like for you? They do, they do. I am so honored and still processing often like what it, you know, figuring out how to articulate what it feels like. Um, and yeah, a lot of people from all walks of life, many different ages and cultural groups, um, economic statuses have reached out to me, whether it's in person, if they see me somewhere or write on social media about how much a part of my storyline or the show in itself touches them. Um, and especially I would say people who, because my character is a former foster kids so people who are impacted in some way by the foster care system have been really vocal people who have um strained or layered relationships with one of their parents I mean who doesn't in some ways or um some people who are living in kind of like communal spaces or pursuing their dreams or especially um young young gen z activists especially yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really inspired by the people who see themselves in my character. I'm inspired by the way that they share their story. They're more vulnerable than I choose to be publicly sometimes. Yeah. And they really inspire me to continue to be vulnerable. And um, yeah, because the more, yeah, I think the more that I can share about Malika's experience, even if I don't fully know why certain things are coming up for me, but when I just let it flow and stay present, let all that wellness just let me be present um, in the moment, I'm really honored that people can see themselves in what they are experiencing through me. And I mean, it's the writing, I, I really um, admire the writers of our show who are so committed to telling the stories from so many different perspectives and so many worlds. And I can't imagine how many you know, to, to put all of that in like 48 minutes and how many stories they must want to continue to tell and, and what ends up, you know, getting put in there. And I, I'm so grateful that they trust me to share those stories and so that people can start the conversation, like we said, at home in some way about, I mean, especially people who um, are exploring polyamory um, and people of color, especially who are exploring non-monogamy, they've, they've spoken up to me a lot too. So yeah, a lot of people who are who are in ways I didn't expect or anticipate, but people who are feeling really um, seen and in ways that they hadn't felt seen on television or on screen yet. People, even people with locks and uh, or who are just wearing their natural hair in some way that's different from what workspaces might often ask for. Yeah, there's so many different ways in which people have said that they are feeling inspired and that really motivates me to keep going because I, I had so much which I, I love I had so much of my acting training was in the theater realm and so there was like the in-person audience and I sometimes I feel like I love the sacred space of tv where it's you know our crew and our cast and then I do forget sometimes of like there's this whole audience out there watching and like how many yeah. people you know, really might see my face and have seen it before and having the living room and spark that conversation. So 
it, it is a really good reminder to me sometimes to like keep going. Sometimes I'll get in the overwhelm of the fast, even though it's so exciting and, and incredible job, sometimes it can feel overwhelming or high pressure and, um, or isolating and, or I feel misunderstood and, um, by, you know, maybe like friends or family who I haven't seen in a long time. And, um, but it's, it's, it's always really refreshing to hear when people are watching. So thank you for watching, watching and, and relating and seeing themselves. Like, it feels like a form of wellness in some way. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So it, it does. Yeah, it's good. And I have to ask you this before you go, because I know we were going to talk about collective liberation, although I think a lot of what you shared really points to that. But oh, just yeah. so curious about even that in of itself, like why this is an important topic to you and what that means to you for us mm. to start to focus now on collective liberation. Yeah. Collective liberation to me, the definition of that is always expanding for me. And it means to me that we are one, that we are living our most liberated lives, that, you know, ideally in my dream world, each, every single one of us is living our most liberated and authentic, fully expressed life, whatever that is for each of us. And my goal, that is what, that is what a world of collective liberation feels like. That's what like bringing heaven to earth feels like. And my, I want everything that I do, um, I'm most passionate about creating an experience that brings us to that oneness. And so whether it's through storytelling and using my voice and body to tell a story in a way that can help get us there, um, or some sort of uh, wellness experience that can help us or a conversation um, like this that, that helps us get there. Or, or helps us envision, um, envision that together, that's a step towards collective liberation. And it rest is collective liberation. I mean, it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't always have to be like a, a, a cause or a movement. It could be stillness in the same way. Um, but I think where we can be most fully present and I fully understand that it may take lifetimes to get there. And I'm glad that we're, if we're we're in this conversation right now, it means that we are seeking that, and yes. yeah, that's what it that's what it means to me. And and sometimes I step, I, sometimes I forget that too. You know, sometimes I'm not in my highest vibration, and um, you know, driving down the street and I got a little road rage or something. But I come back, my center is collective liberation. Yes, <laughs> and I- and it's always a helpful reminder <laughs> that that's the goal and then I remember oh we are one god bless everybody involved and so yeah collective liberation doesn't mean perfection to me in any way as much as remembering just constantly remembering that we are we're one and we're better we're best as one we're overflowing that way that is so beautiful and I love that you say it that way it's not perfection but instead remembering that we are one and I, yeah. I like it. It's um, 
I was, you know, laughing because I think a lot of times we do, like when we come into this work, it was, a lot of times people will put so much pressure on themselves of staying in a certain frequency. It's like, we're having very yeah. experiences here. Oh, I'm very that, human. Yeah. yeah, honey, at the core, like you said, <laughs> it's that, that yeah. quest, that quest for, yeah. um, you know, and we're all evolving and shifting and changing. And mm-hmm. I can't tell you, I'm sure this conversation in and of itself will spark other conversation and inspire others. And I wanted to check with you before we go, because of this, um, you did mention the Moto Yoga Scholarship. Is there any way that people can contribute to that? Like if people are interested in learning more about it or would like to make any contribution, is it open in that way? Um, actually, I don't think it is open anymore in that way. I think it was open the the first year that we did it. And now I think it's within the company that they are investing in that. However, something else that you can contribute to is a fellowship that I started for HBCU alumni to mm-hmm. pursue a historically black college and university alumni to pursue their master of fine arts degrees in theater, film, or television, or digital media. And that is on my website, zuriadell.com slash philanthropy. Um, That's also on my Instagram. It's the website link on my Instagram, also at zuriadell. And that for sure, you can definitely participate in collective liberation there. And just another space where I really want to make uh, storytelling, quality entertainment and storytelling, you know, as accessible as possible, especially to people of acknowledged African descent, especially those who um, pursued their craft through the HBCU experience. Um, yeah, so that's a place where there's always space to to help people continue to pursue their um, terminal degrees and creating, you know, so much amazing art. Their MFA right. and math and yeah theater, film, television. So yeah, that That is is a place. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I will reach, (laughs) I'll do some more research on the yoga scholarship to see if that has shifted. But um, yeah, thank you for asking. Yeah, no, but thank you, Zuri. One for coming to have the conversation again, but really for all you're doing. It's, it's It's so interesting. Again, that's like these different lenses and that you get to express and bring awareness to all of this work and what matters through you through so many different mediums. I mean, like, yes, to things are every day, but then all through, also through the characters you get to play and the way that you're giving back. And um, yeah, it's, it's really, really beautiful and inspiring. I knew, I knew you had to be something like Malika. I knew there was <laughs> going to be some <laughs> parallel there, my love. But I'm absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah. I, I knew there had to be. So for everyone listening, definitely, I mean, in the, an hour, there's no way we could cover all of the beautiful work and the ways that uh, Zuri is expressing in the world. But make sure you follow her on Instagram at Zuri Adele. And then, of course, go to her website, ZuriAdele.com forward slash philanthropy to learn more about the fellowship for the HBCU graduates to help with the MFAs and um. I was going to say the links for all of that is down below. So thank you so much, my love, for having this conversation. Thank you so much. This was beautiful. It was very inspiring. Thank you for those questions and for those mirrors and 
for being such an incredible Malika in the world as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. We share the same yeah. last name too. Yeah. And oh, actually, yes, you do. <laughs> I mean, listen, and by the time the season is over with good trouble, we may have to have you back. I mean, just to talk listen. about that everything oh. unfolds. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. yeah We're so going to need a debrief. <laughs> yes. Seriously. My, I'm on the edge of my seat. I can't wait. Uh, for the next episode so everyone i'll put the link for good trouble down in the show description too and we will see you next week bye for now bye okay beautiful alchemist i want to thank zuri again for coming making the time to have this conversation with all of us as i mentioned in the beginning i hope that this interview this conversation that you just tuned into inspires your own thoughts gets you inspired to ways that we can all contribute to wellness being more accessible to being and living in the expression of whatever it is that you may practice and really considering what it would take for each of us to be more in our authenticity and living more fully expressed in our lives. So thank you so much to Zuri. If you want to connect with her, learn more about her work, don't forget, go to her Instagram, which is at Zuri Adele. You can also go to her website, ZuriAdele.com. And if you put her website address forward slash philanthropy, you can learn more about her fellowship for HBCU graduates and contributing to their MFA scholarships. We'll also see if there's any more information about the Moda Yoga Scholarship. But in either case, I think that she has inspired, again, a lot of um, ideas for how we can all contribute to wellness becoming more accessible for all. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget, if you want to learn more about me and my work, go to theenergeticalchemist.com. You can also download the Energetic Alchemist app and get access to some Reiki tools, some tools for energetic alchemy. I also do daily Oracle card readings using my deck, the Energetic Alchemist Oracle. So you can get all of that on the app. So you can go to the Apple App Store, or if you have an Android, just go to Google Play, type in the Energetic Alchemist and get the app today. I look forward to seeing you all again next week. Thank you so much for being part of the Reiki Radio community. Be sure to follow me at Reiki Radio on Instagram. I'll see you next week. And remember to always journey in love.